This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash, and on this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. The sinking of the Titanic in 1912 is the most memorable maritime disaster. 1,500 people died. But decades before that, tragedy on the water leads to the worst maritime disaster in U.S. history. And yet, it is largely forgotten. We spoke with a man with a personal connection, and he's made a remarkable discovery about his ancestor. A boat navigates the Mississippi with Union soldiers. Suddenly, an explosion. A lot of men got blown into the water. To this day, it's the worst maritime disaster in American history. Nobody knows about this story. And it's really, a, I think, one of the saddest true American stories. Larry, years ago when I was cutting hair in Dundee, the town barbershop is often the center of gossip and tall tales, but as Roger Pilcher is cutting hair, a customer walks in with important information. He researched Roger's ancestor, a Union soldier named James King Ashley. And he said, did you know he was on the Sultana, the steamboat that, you know, 1,700 men died that morning on the uh, uh, Mississippi River? And I said, what? I never heard of that in all my life. Roger is not alone. Chances are you've never heard of the sinking of the Sultana. Recent scholarship has revised that death toll from 1700 to 1,169, still the worst maritime disaster in American history. A shipment of radio communications equipment is loaded aboard a helicopter for an unusual delivery. Roger is fascinated. He serves in Vietnam as a radio man jamming Russian communications. While he never sees frontline fighting, he feels a connection to his great-grandfather. The Pilcher family once possessed James Ashley's journal, but it disappeared decades ago. Roger begins his search for the handwritten memoir to see just what happened to him. I'm a veteran myself, so I guess maybe that's part of why I have kind of an interest in what he all went through. For the first time in history, Americans see images of dead soldiers. 620,000 fathers and sons are killed. Some by bullets on the battlefield, but even more die of disease in overcrowded prison camps. Confederates captured James King Ashley, and he survives a prison camp. This is where the Sultana comes in. The explosion is not caused by a Confederate cannon. In fact, the war is over. After the South surrenders, prisoners are exchanged. Union soldiers like Roger's great-grandfather are put on boats so they can finally go back home. But the steamboat Sultana is built for only a few hundred. It wasn't until they totaled up all the different numbers and they said, oh my Lord, we have 1,962 or something. Gene Eric Salaker is the author of Destruction of the Steamboat Sultana. Did the 
people running the steamboat, the military and the steamboat operator, did they know they were running well over capacity? Oh, sure. Yeah. They yeah. did. Yeah. They, they thought it was worth the risk because they were making money. Correct. They knew it, but it was too late to divide them and switch them to different boats. And so they decided, well, we'll just put them all on here and leave them on there. Overcrowded on the flooded Mississippi, the Sultana navigates a turn near Memphis. The boat is tilting and that leaves the upper parts of the boiler to heat up. And when it comes back to an even keel, the, the water will hit this extra hot metal, turn into excess steam. And if your boiler's not strong enough to hold it, it's gonna explode. And that's exactly what happened. One boiler explodes, and then two more explode, splitting the Sultana in half. People sleeping near the boilers are killed instantly. Others are thrown overboard. But what happens to Roger's great-grandfather, James King Ashley? I'm so glad that it was found, and I said, can I get copies? And they said, After a long search, Roger discovers his great-grandfather's memoir at the University of Kentucky. As Ashley fights with the Indiana 20th, Ashley calls his memoir, The Small Hoosier in the Big Blue Clothes. So I'm very proud of him. I could not set it down. He was one that got blown in the, into the water. That's how he survived, and he held onto a piece of lumber from the steamboat. He said that uh, you could hear soldiers in the bow of the ship being burned alive, screaming. And he talks about that, that... Uh, his one friend yelled, that's my brother. I can tell it's my brother. And uh, I mean, he writes that in his journal. Sad, not sad, terrible. The Sultana's tall chimneys topple over as passengers scramble for something to float on. A lifeboat is launched. Somebody will jump from the upper deck, which is about 30 feet up, with a board and puncture a hole in the bottom of this lifeboat and it sank and not a single person was saved by the lifeboat. More than 500 survivors are taken to hospitals. 300 die from their injuries. 1,169 dead. An army investigation finds the cause of the boiler explosions inconclusive. Really it was because of bribery and corruption. Sultana's owner, J. Cass Mason, is struggling financially. He makes a deal with Union Captain Reuben Hatch, a kickback for directing soldiers to the Sultana. Hatch had a shady career. Uh, he had been arrested a number of times, but he had a brother that was the Secretary of State of Illinois. He was a very good friend of Abraham Lincoln. Every time he got in trouble, he wrote to these influential friends and relatives, and he, he got off scot-free. No one has ever been convicted. So why is the greatest maritime disaster forgotten? Let's look at the timing. April 1865 is a pivotal point in American history. The Civil War ends. The Sultana is the first to deliver the news that Lincoln is assassinated. Soldiers track John Wilkes Booth, and 11 days later they find him and kill him. It's the very next day when the Sultana sinks. These poor fellows came from Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, Tennessee, and a little bit from West Virginia, what they were called the Western states at that time. Newspapers in Boston, Philadelphia, New York, once they found out that these were Western guys, 
they decided we, we got enough to, to report on. We don't need to report on the Sultana. Roger now knows his great-grandfather's fate that day. My great-grandfather, he must have been a little tiger of a guy. <laughs> he survived all that, so I'm just fascinated with what he went through. It's a shame that nobody knows about this. The Mississippi still turns and churns, as it has for centuries. But after a deadly peacetime explosion, there is still no national monument here dedicated to the victims of the Sultana. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.